We now return to Beyond Synth. Welcome to episode 5 of Beyond Synth. I'm Andy Last. Today on the show is Alex Karlinski, a.k.a. Highway Superstar. And we talk about his music and ninjas. I don't think you'll ever hear me as serious as when Alex tells me how much video games cost in Israel. Uh, During our talk, uh, Alex talks about the guy who designed the Highway Superstar logo that shows up in his videos. But I don't think we properly name-check the dude. And at the risk of butchering this man's name, I think he's called... Yup Wenis. And I guess someone can always contact me and tell me if I said it correctly. I hope that I did. In this particular episode, we were talking for a bit before I introduced him officially, so now we join Alex and I in mid-conversation about Depeche Mode. Yeah, like, album-wise, I really liked Exciter. Uh, I got the album, like, uh, a few years ago, and it's, it's the only Depeche Mode album I have, though I know that all the... All the hits, all the radio hits. I mean, my favorite album is probably uh, Black Celebration, and uh, Ultra is really good. And what the hell is the one with Enjoy the Silence on it? Uh, Violator. Okay. Yeah. They're huge in Israel, actually. A lot of people like them, and there were like 50,000 people on their last show, and they've been here for like three times. <laughs> to like it here, mm-hmm. like for me to say Depeche Mode is my favorite band, it's sort of like not many people would say that. You know what I mean? Like it's they're not super popular, but but they do have a strong enough fan base that when they do come over, mm-hmm. like they, they will sell out wherever they're playing. Mm-hmm. But... You know, it's not like a cool thing to say, I like Depeche Mode. Like, that's not a thing that's cool to say. <laughs> but I know their appeal overseas is much different. I know, like, you know, in the European countries and, like, Germany and stuff, like, I know that they're bigger there, you know? Here it would be a cliche if you say that your favorite band is uh, Depeche Mode, actually. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a couple of cliches here. There's Depeche Mode, there's uh, Radiohead, and there's Pink Floyd. I'm not sure how it's like in other countries, but... Uh... Uh, yeah, Radiohead's a big one mm-hmm. for here. Like, you know, anytime you're an artsy type person, mm-hmm. you know, radio Radiohead is the go-to. Like, oh, I like Radiohead. And I I mean, I like Radiohead as well. Those, those ones all translate over here. Depeche Mode is the one that, that doesn't. I mean, people remember some of the hits, mm-hmm. but I've, I don't often meet people who know anything else other than just can't get enough they don't get much radio play over here you know they get some radio play here definitely and not just enjoy the silence they play walking in my shoes or uh, yeah you'd never hear that you'd never hear that here personal jesus yeah personal jesus you'll hear around here i think it was just because the hook was so it just gets in your head mm-hmm. just that like that for some reason that got in people's heads but i actually preferred they did like a remix album like last year and the personal jesus like electronic version is really cool it's got a really big like beat it's very dancey precious remember that one yes that was good that actually that album that's probably my favorite of the newest ones Mm -hmm. because they were sort of recapturing some of the energy that they used to have yeah this one was a huge hit here like radio would play it nonstop. was like number one and stuff it sounded almost like it was even in the same tempo as Enjoy the Silence. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it very much sounded like they took the template for how they did Enjoy the Silence and they made, like, a new song. Yeah, which is great. Like, it's really 
great of them to like revisit the old times and like yeah 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 because definitely they've they've been veering away with the last two again they're going back into sort of a different zone i mean i still like them i always like depeche mode like i always like what they do mm -hmm. at least they are surprising yeah you never really know what their sound is going to be and it's never really influenced by what else is going on so that's always nice they don't owe anybody anything like they all already did their their thing and they can they have this huge back catalog they can rely on right now so they can do whatever they please like they can experiment experiment and yeah yeah, yeah have you ever seen the way that dave uh dances no actually no <laughs> it's ridiculous i because i've never been to a concert i very rarely watch like performances of theirs i just always like the music okay and uh yeah if you ever see videos of him on stage he's got a very funny stage presence like when i think of depeche mode music i picture just the guy standing there you know, just singing, but he, he kind of moves around like, you know, when people are so confident that they just, they can just do whatever they want on stage and move around like a fool, but everybody loves it because they love them. It's a lot of him sticking his ass out at the crowd. Oh, I bet the girls like it. <laughs> <laughs> today with Alex uh, Karlinski, aka Highway Superstar. Uh, how's it going? Great, thanks for having me. I'm gonna probably ask you some questions that might come across as being sort of stupid. That's okay, uh, I'm used to stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so far, I mean, I I've talked to people, you know, like from all over like England and Italy and the States and stuff, and I've never talked to anybody from Israel before. Cool. What's it like living in Israel? Well, it's pretty hot most of the time. <laughs> hot and humid uh, right now it's 30 degrees celsius and it's 10 p.m it's pretty damn hot and it's very humid it's like 80 percent 70 percent humidity near the coastline right it's kind of impossible now in july and august without air conditioning so we got it running on full power all the time yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty fun it's a nice little country with uh, some troubled past and present, but it's overall, it's pretty safe here. <laughs> That's the thing, because I mean, the way that, um, well, I mean, we don't have to get into it, but I mean, like the way that it's sort of portrayed over here, mm -hmm. uh, is that it seems like a very complicated place. And I don't know, does it feel that way? It is. It, it does feel that way. And it can feel that way in certain times a lot more than other times but overall if you're just walking down the street and you're just doing ordinary stuff you won't notice it how, how old are you i'm 30 actually. okay so we're like the same age then when did you turn 30 well actually I'm, I'm lying i'm actually 31 oh so my condolences on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not a, a, a fun number <laughs> you get to feel the bones right oh yeah man i definitely am right now it's crazy it's funny it hits you all at once i tried to join a gym I tried riding a bike to to the train station to go to work, and it's funny because when you're a kid, you don't feel any of the things you feel now. It's like five minutes on the bike, and you're like, wow, I didn't know that I had these muscles <laughs> that could ache. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all sorts of new muscle groups you didn't yeah. know. <laughs> no, I feel that way all the time. I crack a lot, too. My arms are always cracking. It doesn't matter what. Like, I just crack there. I move. I stretch my arm. It's just snap, snap. Ah, oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, what, what do you uh, what do you do when you're not making music? Well, uh, I'm married. I got two kids. Okay. Twins, boy, boy and girl. They're gonna be three in September, and uh, I have a day job like most of us uh, aging mm-hmm. rock stars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you had twins. I guess it's hard. We're we're not used to doing things. Otherwise, we don't know what it's like to have just one. So right. I can't say it's harder or. Or not? <laughs> it's really, uh, it's really awesome though. I really like it. Yeah, it's pretty great, and it's you know, it's a fun age when they actually start understanding what's going on. Oh yeah, you can talk to them and you can teach them. Yeah, no, it is awesome. I've just been uh, teaching my son how to uh, play Super Mario, and he also played Sonic the other day too. I don't know if your kids do this, but children seem to respond really well to like touch screens. Yeah, um, mine love Angry Birds, so yeah. yeah they are- <laughs> They constantly uh, ask me to show show them the bird. Show me the bird, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> show me the bird. <laughs> Which doesn't translate as well in English, <laughs> I guess. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, my son's the exact same way. The fun thing was that he's finally figured out how to use like the D-pad, right, on the video game controller. Because for the longest time, it was all about the touchscreen stuff, mm-hmm. which makes more sense, I guess, to them because they're just touching and moving around. But not so much when you put like a video game controller in their hand mm-hmm. that they have to learn, oh, you know, pushing this means the guy goes to the right or goes to the left or jumps and stuff. I actually need to install some old games because you mentioned like Mario and I don't have any of this. I just have a PS3 and uh, all the games are for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about getting a Wii and, you know, just getting some of the nintendo back catalog or something yeah i i own a wii u Mm -hmm. and i just sort of regret that purchase really well because i've always been a big nintendo fan like my whole life but i also have a ps3 and i do most of my gaming on the playstation yeah but uh the wii u just it just doesn't have any games i bought the thing like um, a couple weeks after it came out and there just hasn't been that many games for it that I want to play. There was like one Mario game. You can download a couple classic games on the virtual console. So like that's how my son plays Super Mario World. He uses the Wii U. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a nice thing for kids because the Wii U has the touchscreen, but it also can play normal games too. Yeah. So, you know, he can switch back and forth and uh, we have Netflix and he can actually, he can watch Netflix using the Wii U screen. Oh man, Netflix is the one thing that we don't have here in Israel and you have to just go through rivers and mountains to <laughs> get Netflix. Like you have to get a VPN or a proxy, a US proxy. And, right. you know, uh... To be fair, the Canadian Netflix actually isn't as good as the American Netflix. Mm-hmm. So in fact, a lot of people in Canada also do the proxy thing to get American Netflix, which is weird, but it's it's because uh, the digital digital rights laws in Canada are slightly different than the ones in the States. Oh, man. The American version of Netflix just gets way more shows. It's like night and day. It's the same price, but, you know, all the good shows, everybody just downloads anyway, so... other friends in your sort of social circle that also make music or artists a lot of my close friends are musicians but most of them are making metal music and heavy metal stuff rock stuff like that because i come from a heavy metal childhood and uh, still am a huge fan so uh, Mm -hmm. 
I was making this music for years uh, until I finally decided that I want to do something else, which is pretty common for a lot of musicians in the synth scene, so I noticed. Yeah. Which is pretty cool in my opinion. Well, I think it's cool when people come from different genres because they can sort of bring those different techniques to the synth wave, you know? Like they can tackle different themes within retro synth. And I mean, your music, I've not heard anything else like it. Thanks. It was sort of a gamble. I'm not I'm not sure because, well, mostly I just do whatever I like, right? Whatever I find uh, that I enjoy. But uh, I was pretty sure when I decided I'm going to do this, I was like... This was probably done by a lot of people, and I'll be just overusing this and whatever. Yeah. But I, I enjoy it, so finding out that relatively not that many people do this, I'm I'm not aware, actually, of uh, another artist. Maybe you tell me. Uh, but it was a pleasant surprise to find out that it's not as common as I would have thought. I, I feel like during the years... It's like the stars aligned somehow for all this to happen because if you think about it, we're all approximately in the same age group. We all enjoy nostalgia yeah. and we're all in in the place in our lives to actually stand up and do something meaningful about it, right. uh, whether it is to start a musical project or, uh, or a music blog or uh, start interviewing people like you do we can all like push it forward and we're all in the appropriate age where we look back at the times when we were young and it just happens to be the 80s yes and we all love it so it's like everything is now in position for us to do this yeah <laughs> and the internet is like it it's in the right place for us to find our voice and, and to actually be heard, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, no, it is. I know I'm, I'm at the risk of repeating myself because I say this every time I talk to people, but what surprised me about it and what got me so excited when I first discovered this stuff was just how good it was. I'm not an art critique. I don't have any clever ways of saying it other than just, <laughs> it's really awesome. And I know that once more people sort of discover this scene, it has to expand because the music is so good. Like, people will want to listen to this stuff. I know, I know it in my heart. I think you're totally right. And it's, you know, it's already happening because, uh, like, there's a lot of acts that got a lot of recognition from uh, either from the Drive soundtrack, of course, which was probably mentioned and is going to be mentioned oh, for yeah, yeah, yeah. several times in, in this show. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, whether it is from that or from video games or bigger labels signing uh, Awesome musicians like uh, Matt Decent with uh, Mitch Murder, for mm -hmm. example. So I think there's a slight focus shift of the electronic media or labels and producers towards this sort of genre. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just becoming trendy and it'll pass, but it's not going to really pass for people like us because we're always going to enjoy it. Right. You know, we're not doing it for anyone. Mm -hmm. We're doing it for ourselves first. And if, you know, we got audience that enjoys it and we got a fan base, that's awesome. And that's going to stay, I think. And I think that's the thing that makes me the happiest about being aware of this scene now and being a part of it and talking to all these people is that, you know, that they're all very good. I have not listened to big bands, you know, in ever since I've, I stumbled upon the scene. Mm -hmm. Literally all the music I've been listening to is all of the music from this scene. Well, I have to say that it's pretty much the same for me. Now, whenever I want to listen to music, I just open my SoundCloud feed mm -hmm. instead of just going to YouTube or making playlists or 
I'm not even opening my uh, private music collection on my hard drive. Mm -hmm. I just go to my SoundCloud feed and just, just turn a song I like of an artist that I like, which happens to be a friend. No, it's which... really cool. I mean, I think it's it's super exciting. So tell me uh, a bit about some of the stuff that, that you've been working on. I listened to... Um... I mean, all the stuff that you have up. So I really dug uh, Emotional Passenger. I, I liked it so much, too, because I, I've been listening to some of, like, maybe, like, the darker stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it was so nice to just hear. It was just, like, this positive-feeling song. spontaneous when I wrote that. I didn't have actually anything in mind when I started it. I just stumbled on that lead sound and modified it a little bit and I just flowed from the lead melody I got there till I got to the point when I had a segment of a track ready and I was like, wow, that was totally unexpected. And it was actually one of the first tracks I did that later I have decided that it would be designated to a project called uh, Highway Superstar. I didn't have a name at the time. Right. I just finished the track and I was like, okay, that's interesting. And it was shortly after I heard the Drive soundtrack. And I have a small confession to make. I didn't see the movie, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all happened when at work a friend of mine came to me and he said, like, I saw this movie and it had a great soundtrack. I think you'll dig it because you like 80s stuff. And he showed me one or two songs, the the familiar songs, mm -hmm. the College and Kavinsky songs. Yep. And the Electric Youth one. And I totally fell in love with it. You know, it made me think, hey, I, I can do this too. If people do this now, I can do this now as well. <laughs> At, at that time, then, when you did your first track, I mean, I've, I've seen the pictures you post, mm -hmm. and it looks like you've got a lot of keyboards. Yeah, uh, I'm a gear junkie. <laughs> so were you, were you collecting those before you started making the music, or is it a symptom of creating the music now? No, actually, I've been a musician for, for all my life, I think. I started piano lessons when I was six. Uh, my mom is a piano teacher. Okay. I always had 
a keyboard or a couple of keyboards and when I grew up and I was a teenager I became like this uh, really hardcore metal loving keyboard player and I started playing with bands so at my uh, 20s I got into this cool production of uh, like Jeff Wayne's version of uh, War of the Worlds you know that one uh, no, no, I don't. So so it's sort of a rock opera slash musical or something, and I did keyboards for that and uh, for a tribute for that. It's like a prog rock album from the late 70s or something. And it, sadly, it never, the performance itself, it never happened, but we just did rehearsals, but that was cool, and that got me out of metal a little bit, and uh, I worked with a singer that was in... Israel's equivalent of uh, American Idol. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so I did a lot of stuff besides metal, and I got to a point where I was ready to start something that is purely my own, but it took me a while to figure out what it was exactly, and it sort of happened on its own, like with the right elements aligned, I guess. Uh, the keyboards are also because uh, I have I, I play in a live band. It's a it's an 80s AOR hard rock glam hair stuff. <laughs> do, you, do you wear a costume? Uh, no, no. But uh, it's, <laughs> a, it's with a female singer. It's like a classic five-piece band, including the keyboardist. A lot of my gear that I've accumulated during the past year or so, uh, it goes there. Okay, okay. With like with four uh, different keyboards. We're not uh, performing at the moment, but we're recording an album. So uh, one of the reasons I have this so many keyboards in my room right now because I'm actually recording keyboards for the album. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> but the equipment is mine, yeah, and I have a major problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <here. laughs> More like my wife has a major problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so were those then the pictures that you were posting? I saw... You had some pictures of uh, of a lady singing in like a sound booth kind of thing. Yeah, that was that. Uh, we tracked some vocals for uh, some reference vocals for our pre-production thing, so we can so we could like hear her sing and work on our parts, like me and the guitar player. Do you have uh, like a connection to a studio, or did you guys build that? Or it's a friend studio, and we just happened to just go there for a few hours to record her. Yeah, we usually practice in our drummer's uh, studio apartment uh, in Tel Aviv uh, in a place where there's a lot of noise and no one complains about drums coming out of uh, yeah. <laughs> the building. It's actually an industrial area where uh, a certain level of noise is allowed. Right. Okay, okay. So then Emotional Passenger was the first one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was actually wondering, like, my ear, I'm a little stupid when it comes to telling the difference between certain instruments when they're sort of real or digital. Mm-hmm. But in your track, uh, Easy Ride, yeah, which has the groove, it's like a groovy tune, and it's it's also got some, like, sax mm-hmm. sound in there. Yeah. Now, is that fake? It's absolutely 100% fake. <laughs> Actually, y- you know, it might be based on real samples, so maybe the 100% is not really accurate. But I'd say 80% of it, it's fake. I play it live on the keyboards, and then I adjust it a little bit according to what the track needs. The sound itself is pretty expressive, and I was very surprised when I found that out. It's actually coming from uh, uh, from Halion, which is a library, a sample library by uh, Steinberg. 
Right. At first, I didn't want it in any of my tracks because, hey, wait, what? A fake saxophone? What What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just couldn't help myself, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. it makes me sound like a fool but like i've heard fake sounding you know you know wind instruments and stuff before and i can usually tell mm -hmm. but saxophone is not an instrument that i listen to so to me it sounds legitimate it sounded really good to my ears when i played that particular sound so uh, it was unlike saxophones i usually heard from keyboards that i own for example played so smoothly i just yeah it wasn't a question really it was just a matter of time before i get over myself and just put it in the track and that's it the one that i really dug was uh, the chase which had like an awesome thumping bass line some ninja stuff going on so what's the deal with what's the deal with you and ninjas well uh, i have a you'd call that a fetish right for watching ninja films sure so i do that occasionally it's mostly me being uh well i wasn't born in israel i was uh my folks immigrated here from the soviet union in the 1990s okay so uh as a kid, I remember watching VHS tapes of whatever the local video store that happened to have flicks translated simultaneously in Russian. Mm -hmm. You know, it was these pirated copies of 80s ninja flicks and stuff yeah, yeah. that have only <laughs> one voice translating all the voices. Nice. And I remember watching those in, like, uh, in my youth and like VHS quality, and it was super fun. And when I did The Chase, I was watching some of the American Ninja series, I thought to myself, hey, uh, I need to make one of these tracks. I already got like whistling shurikens. <laughs> <laughs> 
why don't I make another track? So uh, it happened pretty quickly, and now I'm actually considering making a full uh, release out of that, uh, just to compile a bunch of ninja tracks. And yeah. <laughs> I love... I just love the idea of the term ninja tracks. <laughs> that just sounds so awesome. Wait, so how many languages do you speak? Uh, I speak three. Uh, Russian, English, and Hebrew. Uh, your children speak Hebrew? or My children speak Russian mainly so that they won't lose the Russian and the Russian connection to the family so that they would be able to communicate with their grandparents. Right, right, right. They already know... A little bit of Hebrew because they've been picking it up in the playground. They're going to go to kindergarten in September. So they're going to pick up Hebrew pretty quick. And English is being taught in Israel mandatory since uh, fourth or third grade. Okay. Last time I checked. But, you know, there are like kindergartens and schools that go way uh, earlier mm-hmm. with English. So what you're doing with your kids is great because, you know, when I was young... I just couldn't speak to my grandparents or or some of my aunts because I just like they they lived in France and I just didn't my French was terrible. It still is terrible. Well, for what it's worth, I've studied 3 years French in school and I can't remember anything. Yeah. <laughs> so you were saying you got a PS3, what uh what uh, games do you play? I just got uh, Nino Kuni, that Miyazaki studio game. I I've, I've heard that's really good. I kind of, I tried it uh, about three weeks ago and I played for like four hours and I didn't came back to it since because, I don't know, it's sort of repetitive in terms of Japanese RPGs. It's too much like the old Final Fantasy yeah, games yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, as much as I love them, uh, there could be only one Final Fantasy game for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, and it's like... A uh, four-hour tutorial, and uh, this is how you do magic, this is how you walk, this is how you talk to people, and I, I'm like, I'm familiar with all this, you don't need yeah. to show me. <laughs> I know how to fucking walk. Come on, show me the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a huge uh, cutscenes fan. I think I should play Metal, Metal Gear Solid. People have been telling me the cutscenes uh, are super long. <laughs> when Metal Gear first came out, it was just such a uh, an experience. Like, I remember playing that for the first time, and it was really like the first serious game that i ever played uh-huh. that that really took this like had a serious story and was adult and tried to be cinematic a lot of games are doing that now so it it has less of a, a shine than it once did i don't know there's one thing i couldn't get my head around metal gear for some reason because of the sneaking around in boxes thing like the japanese <laughs> have these weird concepts about doing a stealth game yes it's very stealthy and you know you sneak on walls and you you jump on enemies and stuff and then you hid inside a box and you move towards an enemy like what (laughs) (laughs) no definitely the appeal of metal gear for me has always been the story but really the story doesn't make well i guess it does make sense but it's very over the top and ridiculous. And I think that's why a lot of people, and myself included, have more of a nostalgia for the first game Mm -hmm. because it was like the least ridiculous. It still had a dude who like was flying around and using mental powers and stuff. Is that the NES games? No. No, the, I'm sorry. I'm talking about, yeah, Metal Gear Solid. It was the, the one for PlayStation. It was, it was just like the first game I ever saw that tried to be like a movie. 
Like, that's why I really liked it. If you actually play that game now, it's it's very, very basic. There's not really much of a game there. If you skip the movies, mm -hmm. you can beat that game in like an hour and a half. Oh, wow. But, uh, but the movie scenes were so cool, and there was that robotic ninja guy uh, who was awesome. <laughs> well, I need to play it. I need to play the old ones again, and I need to pick up four. Uh, I think it's on sale now after, like... Seven years. <laughs> well, how much do video games cost over there? Are they expensive? They're more expensive than, uh, than say, in the States. If you're a kid and you don't know how to search for games in the States and you can't order it because you're a kid and you don't have an international credit card, you got to get them locally. And, you know, sellers here obviously uh, take advantage of that. So uh, old games can be found in, like, full... Uh, full price like a, like a new game right it's much more cost efficient to just order it from ebay or from some website with uh, free shipping to israel no i mean that makes sense it in in uh, canada is sort of comparable to the states in that um i don't want to say necessarily that it's regulated but mm -hmm. that there is a consistent price for games it didn't used to be that way when i was a kid mm-hmm so you know you would just i mean i remember the price i paid i don't know how the canadian dollar fares with Israel money? What's what's the money over there? What's the currency? It's the New Israel Shekel, which is the NIS or NIS. Okay, okay. One US dollar is the equivalent of 3.7 Israeli shekels nowadays. Okay, so then uh, a new PS3 game costs 60 bucks usually. Yeah. So is that is that the same then? So that would be what, 100 and, 180? Is that what... It should be, but it's not. It's almost double the price, actually. Jesus. Yeah, it's just not worth getting a game for, like, 360 shekels here. Oh, my God. So either you just order it new from the States, or... Yeah, there there's certain games that are worth it. Grand Theft Auto or The Elder Scrolls, if you ever played those. Yeah, like, the last one, Skyrim, I've played for a month. Oh, yeah. No stop. And there was absolutely no music was done. Yeah. <laughs> in the, during this month. <laughs> Those games are worth the money. Yeah. I played Skyrim. Yeah, I did. I probably put 250 like hours into that game. Yeah, that's true. Th Those games are worth it. Oh, yeah. I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. I was watching, you know, some of the videos that you posted on YouTube. Mm hmm who did uh, your your logo animation? It's the same guy that did new retro wave YouTube channel uh, video ident. Okay. Uh, if you like, you go to new retro wave and you just press a video and you see the intro, like new retro wave logo just flies in and stuff, and it's all eighties. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's in VHS quality and VHS quality beats HD anytime. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same guy that did this logo he did mine as well did you contact him about it yeah yeah I, uh, after watching that logo i specifically looked him up he's a dutch guy a really nice fellow and he, he designs and he makes music and he designs clothes and uh, he's a video artist and whatnot okay pretty great pretty great guy yeah i was just sort of skimming through some of your posts and stuff like this so i saw <laughs> it's funny the little pieces you try and gleam from somebody when you see little little things here and there. So I saw a picture of a big fat cat. It's my parents' cat, actually. She lives with my parents. Uh, her name is Molly, and she's like the meanest creature you've ever seen. <laughs> she hates everyone. She hates grown-ups. She hates kids. She hates... <laughs> 
strangers, cars, neighbors, you name it. The only two persons allowed in her vicinity are my mom and me. Okay. And my mom had her sh since she was like a, a baby, so she's kind of used to her and she thinks that she's her mom somehow. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure how it works. <laughs> Everyone else, she, she just can't stand unless you feed her and then she can stand you for like the moment you feed her. And that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cats can be very uh, tricky things. I, I used to have one who, uh, she'd be very friendly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then if you pet her, all of a sudden her pupils dilated and oh. then she would just attack you. Yeah. In high school, I used to go to school with all these cuts on my arms. Mm-hmm. Battle scars. I would just be like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, it's my cat. I swear, my cat did it. <laughs> In general, I like everything that has to do with uh, 80s music. There's no preference to what I like. Artists like uh, Phil Collins and uh, Sting mm -hmm. and classic 80s bands like Toto and uh, Journey. But I have like a soft spot for 80s proper pop and bubblegum pop like Whitney Houston and, you know, all the chart stuff, Paul Abdul and Michael Jackson and what whatnot. So uh, I try to be as eclectic and as diverse as I can when it comes to making tracks because I feel like there's... A lot of stuff I can do and I can translate well within my scope of musical thinking. So I try to do a lot of different stuff, whether it's funk or soundtracky ninja stuff or vocal tracks. I really love remixing uh, tracks with vocals. Well, I, yeah, I heard your uh, the one you did, uh, the Rihanna mm -hmm. remix. And it's cool how how just setting it to different background music just made it a better song. Yellow diamonds in the light And we're standing side by side As a shadow crosses my What it takes to come feel like there's uh, a lot of good tracks out there, even current tracks that are on the charts right now. Uh, I don't dislike any musical genre. I can easily find something I can relate to. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of quality pop tracks and a lot of good vocalists out there that are just getting swallowed by enormous productions and overly compressed sounds that lure teenagers with uh, cheap headphones and uh, <laughs> people that turn on the music really loud in their cars. I feel it's like oriented towards that immediate market, whereas it could be with slight adjustments be made to be enjoyed by 
wider audiences that are not just 12 year old teenage girls yeah yeah, yeah 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 these artists if you think about it they're produced uh, in the most expensive studios in the world and with the greatest sound engineers and recorders the, the vocal tracks are amazing there's so much you can do if you put it in a different context even for a second right so that was what i was trying to accomplish with the rihanna remix this is a silly question but how do you isolate the vocals? The Rihanna stuff, it's obviously not an official remix. I just downloaded an acapella track that somehow found its way online. Oh, okay, okay. So since it was just for fun and it's a free download and stuff, I just didn't care where, where I got it. I just did it for my own personal enjoyment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, if you work on, a, on an official remi remix with an artist, you get the vocal tracks from the artist himself. And speaking of which, I know that you and Hoo-Ha are working on something. He and I are working on a, on a track that I hope to be featured on my album. Okay. And it's in progress, and uh, you got to listen to it. I hope you liked it. I did. I laughed at the part, though, with the... Like, I liked all the chorus stuff. Mike was talking about... Like, he, he had that, he had sort of a track where he was talking, but it was like nonsense words. Yeah, I kind of laughed at it too, and I was like, what? <laughs> no, it's funny as hell, like, because I, I, at first I listened to it, and I'm like, okay, you know, it's got this 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 good chorus, you know, and it, it, it feels good, and then there's this like, marna, 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 and I yeah. just... <laughs> I laughed and I, I, I asked him, I was just like, what, uh, what's up with that part? <laughs> yeah, it's not going to make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, I mean, I know you have to do that to sort of experiment. Yeah, we just bounce the tracks back and forth to see what sounds best. And there's a lot of tracks with uh, vocalists in my pipeline. It, it is sort of those vocal tracks that I feel are going to bring more sort of exposure to the scene in general, I think. Because I know I, some of the songs that I've been playing, like some of it sounds so good that I can trick people into thinking that it's just 80s music. But what I like is that it has this nostalgia, but it's new. There are certain artists that are really good at blending the old with the new. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's the direction I'm going. I just uh, do it track by track and see what what fits. So for me, it mainly depends on the current track I'm working on, but some artists, that's their entire premise, to blend old with the new. Yeah, and there's definitely, I know when I listen to like Kid Casio or something, you know, where it's where you've got this drive to sort of make it all sound vintage, but then the vocals are auto-tuned. And so you've got this sort of, you know, this old stuff, but then it it's got that new spin on it. Do you, do you have a preference for like male or female vocals? Depends on the song again. I would like to have a healthy blend of the two. There's actually a track that has both male and female vocals. Female by uh, Diana Jean Phoenix, Phoenix mm -hmm. which yeah. is also can Canadian. Yeah, I gotta talk to her at some point because I think she lives in my city, so I should I should probably look that up. Well, I'm doing a, a couple of tracks with Dana. One of them has male and female vocals. Okay, cool. What are some of the other artists that you listen to, like in the scene? Well, I dig a lot of different artists uh i really like mitch murder miami knights and uh i love the latest lamettos i i hope i'm pronouncing it right from uh from girlfriend i don't think i've heard that one i haven't heard that one it's pretty great you should you should definitely check it out there's there's so much to listen to vincenzo's album is actually pretty great as well yeah i really dug uh, his his last one I, I love the idea of the concept album i don't think there's enough of those that really take that idea to the whole level that he did with his yeah definitely the voiceovers oh yeah it's great i uh <laughs> i can't stop saying 
Was it Capito in the third Capito. song? <laughs> Capito. Capito. <laughs> that part's so great. Yeah, Patrick did a great job with the voiceovers on that album. You know, if uh, if I'm going to be naming names, I'll probably be naming, naming them all night. <laughs> it's funny. It's the same thing that happened when I talked to Jake, uh, Jake Freeman, because I think I asked him, I ask everyone this question. It's not so much about the names. It's just that it feels good as an artist to know that the other artists, you know, like care about each other's work. Yeah. Because I know Jake sort of felt bad afterwards. He says, oh, I want to re-record that part because he <laughs> he thought he was like missing people's names. I'm like, no, no, it's okay. Like, it's just cool to know that. I'm actually thinking the same right now. Like, I'm missing a few names here. Damn. <laughs> I feel the same way. Like, when, when I'm talking, I always... I always want to mention another artist and just bring up, oh, I really like their song. But then I feel like, then it just sounds like I'm playing favorites or something. When really I like so much stuff, like my playlist has like hundreds of songs. And, and then every time I talk to somebody else, they mention somebody that I haven't heard before. Mm -hmm. And it's exciting because I get to go discover them. <laughs> Anyways, man, we've been, we've been talking for about an hour, so we can, uh, we can probably wrap this up. You feel, uh, you feel good about it? Yeah, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks. I really appreciate you doing this. It's great. Maybe we talked a little bit too much about video games. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, that was Alex Karlinski, a.k.a. Highway Superstar. And uh, we had a fun talk and I enjoyed it. You can check out his music on Bandcamp, on SoundCloud. I'll post the links at the bottom of the episodes page. Uh, thank you all for listening and I hope you tune in next week. Uh, I had a lot of fun this week talking about ninjas, and on that theme, I'd like to end the episode with Highway Superstars, Whistling Shurukens, or Whistling Shurukens, like that. It depends. Depends how you want to say it. Okay, how about this? How about I just end this show by yelling Ryu's cry from Street Fighter 2? <clears throat> Hadouken! <laughs>